Being in any type of student leadership is not a given. Just because you say that this is the position you want or you want to be a part of this organization, you don't get to just be that. You have to, there's a lot of benchmarks and requirements. It is not, it's not a given. It is something that you earn. People in the streets, let's get out and tell somebody what's going on in the world today. What is up, Mustang Nation? I'm Madison Neal, your Junior Director of Communications, and we're back with another episode of Mustang Moments, and we're going to finish the conversation we had last time. What does it mean to be a leader? Part two. So we have Aaron and Chloe back in the building with us today. Y'all want to say hey? Hey, guys. It's Aaron. It's and we're going to get into more depth um, about this conversation, talk about more characteristics, um, how should a leader be represented, and so on and so forth. So, just to jump right into it, uh, in you guys' opinion, what does it mean to reach out to other student leaders? I would say reaching out is like asking for guidance and advice, because like when you're starting to be a, if you're starting to be a leader. You're not going to know everything, so you're going to want to ask for like someone who's been in it for a while, doing th different things to organizations. Like, how should I do this? What would you say I can do to improve better on this? So, asking for guidance is how I would like reach out to other leaders. Yeah, so I think that's good. Like getting advice from other leaders and kind of having help nav navigating the waters, and also I think a good reason to reach out to other student leaders is for like coordination. So like within our SGA, I might reach out to someone who had my position before, see kind of how they like plan things out or how they did things or like what events were done so that you can kind of coordinate it and have like a flow. You know, you want events and things to flow and look somewhat similar to students so that like people don't get confused or just coordinating with other student organizations so that there's not too much overlap or like you know all these things going on and nobody can keep track that's good that's good i remember because this is my first year being on igor so i remember coming in junior direct communications so i was like okay i do meeting notes powerpoints okay that's my job so i was like chloe did I type this right? Is this the right way? Did I format it? Where do I put this? And once me and Chloe created that connection, created that bond, everything started to roll and to flow in place. So, and I feel like that was good because not only did it teach me how to fulfill my position, but it also taught me what's Chloe good at? What am I good at? How can we collaborate and make this into something bigger than what it um, could be in our heads? So leading to my next question, And for this, you just give a personal example. How different or similar is your leadership style from others? And how do you take that and mesh it together? I don't know. I feel like this question is like multifaceted, but because everyone is different and everyone has their own different styles. And if you know me, which I know Madison and Chloe do, I'm a very like loud and upfront leader and I like to
check in on people and make sure that everything's going smoothly. I might hound you with questions and ask you the same thing, you know, five, 10 times, but that's just because I want to make sure and see if you need assistance and to make sure that like, you know, things are being met and done at the pace at which they need to be done. But I'm also, I'm the type of leader that there's a time to be serious and there's a time to joke around because I love to joke around and I love to like be silly and like, I mean, I tell everyone that I'm the funniest person that I know. And if you don't agree, don't tell me because I'll get mad. But I'm the funniest person that I know. And I feel like humor goes into what we were talking about last time with building trust and respect in relationships. And there's some leaders who they don't like to goof off. They're all business all the time. Um, And I have had clashes with people like that trying to be like, okay, but like, loosen up a little bit you know and it's just it all depends on the person like you even said when you're asking the question and I just think being able to establish what works best for you because not everybody can be funny and still or like be goofy and still get their tasks done but I feel like it helps with morale of any team that you're working on whether it be a group project in a class or something like eboard and student government it's all about the balance it's all about the balance for sure Chloe? For me, like Aaron was saying, I like to check in on people, make sure that everything's okay. If being a leader, I like to make sure if there's something they can't do, I'll try to help them. So like, um, we had a project for homecoming and we were assigned group and I was a leader. And a lot of my group mates, they were like looking for me to like assign work. So that's how we did our style. Like everyone was a leader in my group, I was the main leader. So I just assign tasks for them to do, check in with them, be like, hey, how are you doing this assignment? Is there anything I can help you in? Things like that to make sure that we're all in one accord. That's good, that's good. Because um, it's a moment to God, but also you have to maintain that um, accountability and give people their independency sometimes, but at the same time, don't be so distant to where they feel like they are being misled, misguided, or feel like they're not included either. Right, exactly. So now we're about to hit another aspect of leadership. And this um, more specifically applies to school, not so much like outside leadership, but it can in some sense. How do you reach out to teachers, administration, and counselors while being a student leader? I think that clear lines of communication with teachers and admin is very much one of the most important aspects of any type of student leadership organization or any really any organization within the school and I feel like one of the things that doesn't necessarily get taught to high school students that I've kind of had to figure out on my own while being in leadership positions in and out of school is like I'm gonna take this more technical the email etiquette and how to format and type out an email because Big. Not everybody, not everybody goes to a T-STEM Academy where they might have their counselor, Mr. Hewitt, or their principal, Ms. Brooks' phone number, you know, mm-hmm. and also being in that, trying to keep somewhat of a professional boundary. So if I had an like issue or something that I needed to bring up, I'm not just going to pull out my phone and like text my history teacher or text Miss Brooks, although I do have that liberty because I have a personal relationship with them. You need to communicate on a platform that is professional and works for everyone and administrators always 
have their computer open all day, every day. So just learning a proper email etiquette and how to await responses, not necessarily bombard them, but give them time to like take over your request and kind of look it over and not hound them because they didn't answer your email two minutes after you pressed the send button. For sure. For me, when reaching out to like leaders, and I mean, not leaders, but teachers and like counselors and stuff like that, I would say like being candid is a really good principle. Like you need to be honest about your situation. So like first, like accept that you need, you're in a place for help. So that's, you're like gonna either email them like Aaron was saying or text them sometimes. I have a relationship where I can text my teachers and tell them what's going on in my life. So addressing your situation and being candid, like I was saying earlier, that's really important because if you're honest with them, they're going to be willing to help you. Your teachers are there to help you. Your counselors want to see you succeed in life. So having that level of like being candid is going to get you far because you're letting them know what's going on and how you can help your problem, but at the same, ask, same time, ask for help. Facts. And I feel like it's really two sides to it. It's um, a candid side, but also not too honest to where you seem disrespectful, you seem unprofessional. Because you have to understand, these are still adults. Yes, they are respective of our opinion, but at the same time, we have to be respective of theirs. And I feel like sometimes that is the downfall that's like, that affects, like, you know, stuff we have to go through. Anybody don't know, whenever stuff like homecoming, spirit we come around, we have to create proposals. It's not just like, we take this and run with it. We have to create proposals, get them approved. If everything doesn't get approved, we need a revision, like, it, some of this stuff is not just a one-way street. So just to go to the flip side of the question, what is um, a disadvantage for a lack of communication with those high-level people in the school? Well, just like you were saying, I feel like, you know, with the proposals and the revisions, if there's no communication, you're not going to be able to put things out for your student body or be able to plan things if you're not communicating and make sure that you're following the regulations of what your administrators might put out for you or the class time that teachers are gonna allow you to take from them possibly when it comes to the case of like a spirit week or a homecoming. Um, and also if you, timely um, communication is also a thing, effective, being timely is one of the parts of being effective and so don't wait until the week before you want an event to go out to start asking questions about Ooh. if it's going to happen because the answer is going to be no and then one thing before I like take all of Chloe's talking time going back to the last question when you brought up being respectful with them that just reminded me to shout out be respectful of their business hours and their office hours if you're emailing a teacher after like 3.30 p.m. on your school days ends at 3.15, do not expect a response that night and also try and limit communication after business hours because they are people, they have families, they have friends, they're not waiting at the computer to talk to their students all night long every day. Yeah, so I'm gonna like expand, expand on what Aaron was saying, like be respectful of like their times and everything and like the downside of communication is like, you're not going to be able to get things done in the manner that you want because time frames and like it's not going to be in the way that you really want it if you're not having a level of communication with those that you that can get the job done that you needed to. For sure, for sure. And I feel like that's a big thing because if 
you want somebody to respect your time, you gotta respect theirs, honestly. That's the big, like, um, my thing is, one thing I think about, like this analogy comes to my head, don't demand what you can't demonstrate, right? Don't demand what you can't display. If you want to get respect, you have to give respect. If you want to be treated a certain way, you have to give it. So I feel like if you're so dominant about somebody doing something, you have to be able to, um, what's the word? Reciprocate that, yes. I think that's the word for it. But you have to be able to show that yourself. No I like matter. That. I might have to steal that, put it on a t-shirt. I like that. Hey, quote me, quote me, my creds. Absolutely, we gonna make SGA t-shirts quoting Madison Neal. Don't right. demand what you don't display. I love that. Beautiful. Get that on the merch coming it. soon. Mustang Moments merch. It's the Mustang Moments merch for me. We love alliteration. Come on. Tati and Azaria will be proud. Thanks. But um, our last question before we close out. How good, I mean, not how good. How important is it to keep a good reputation when being a leader? Um, I you get in. Yes. It is extremely important that you have a good represent reputation when being a leader because you set the stage for like what your school is or what your company is, whatever you're leading in. So you want to be something that people can look up to, and your representation helps build that. Like, I want to say like your presence. So if you're not being a good student and academically like you're not like paying attention in class intentionally and not turning to work and everything that kind of like doesn't really make you the best leader that you can be so your representation really goes into play of like how you are as a leader because you need to make sure that people can see that you are a good model for what you're whatever you're leading for yes sure. i think that's absolutely true and I'm a first just say like if you don't have a good reputation there's no place to be in student leadership without forming somewhat of a Ooh. good reputation like if you come in to a space and you're already giving off bad vibes or you might have you know a bad reputation preceding you not to say that things like that can't be changed because they have and I have peers of mine who have really done 180s and become much better students than you know I might have seen them be in the past and there's lots of things that go into that but if you don't have a good reputation do not try and expect to be just handed a student leadership position because you have to first build up a reputation to prove yourself and with that being in any type of student leadership is not a given. Just because you say that this is the position you want or you want to be a part of this organization, you don't get to just be that. You have to, there's a lot of benchmarks and requirements. It is not, it's not a given. It is something that you earn and that you are trusted with. And having a reputation, <laughs> having a reputation and maintaining that reputation is what's going Yes. That's my next point, I'm gonna get into the, but you have to like maintain this and have a good reputation to be given the chance. And then just because you have a good reputation once, doesn't mean it's always gonna be good. You have to maintain that good reputation. If you start slipping or if you start acting out or not paying attention in class, 
student leadership roles are going to be one of the first things to be taken away from you because if you can't have a good reputation around the school building and in your classes and even with what you're doing outside if you're putting it on a public forum where people can see you it's not reflecting well for the organization as a whole that you're a part of and your leadership position may be one of the first things to you know say bye-bye say adios if you're not maintaining this healthy good reputation and relationships that are a part of that i like what that's a that's a good one one <laughs> thing about east man this like another reason i love our staff because you you be off one day they're like oh this is what we doing like i love miss brooks because like, one thing that we hold is accountability. Because it's like, oh, this is what we do. Are we teach them ready today? Like, what's going on? Right. And that's, but that's good. Like, having accountability and having people who check in on you like that helps you maintain, you know, the good attitude, the good reputation, the being a leader. Leaders didn't just become leaders overnight or because they wanted to. They had people like that, like Miss Brooks and like all of our other teachers checking in saying, hey, you're off. That's not who you are. Let's fix that and let's keep doing this and let's do better. But yeah, about East, you can't do anything. Nothing's private, nothing's secret. Everything is, is family business and they're gonna know. So you have to make sure that in and out of these organizations, you are trying to be the best leader and the best you you can be so that it makes your organization reflect that much better. One thing I tell people, don't feel entitled. What 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 was Bruce always saying? To whom much is given, much is required. Okay. So you gotta be able to hold the weight of the position. You can't want the I always say you can't want the title without the function. It, it is how it is. You can't want the weight, the weight of the name without carrying it, you feel me? Well that ends our conversation for today. But as you've seen in the previous episode, we always have a game of rapid fire. And last time I gave y'all 30 seconds, but this time I adjusted it. I'm going to give you a minute for these six questions. So That's great. Okay. And your topic this episode is leaders in the music industry. Mm, okay. It can be from any time period. So keep oh. your answers mm. wide range. It's not going to be too far off, but still, I feel like you still get it. So you got six questions for 60 seconds. You ready? Ready. Right. I guess so. In three, two, one. He got a Grammy Award for Best Pop Solo Performance with the song Happy. Pharrell. She remains the best-selling Canadian recording artist and has a record of over 200 million sales. Canadian. Who from Canada? It's a she, so it's not Justin Bieber. I don't know who's from Canada. <laughs> okay, skip. Question. Next question. They were an English rock band formed in Liverpool, United Kingdom in the 1960s. The Beatles. Correct. She was the first woman ever inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, rock and roll. She passed in 2018. Aretha. No. Yes, Aretha Franklin. Okay. okay. All right, correct. She was the very first American Idol winner. Kelly Clarkson. She wrote pop songs for Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Britney Spears. 
I just know the ones that sing them. <laughs> Three. Is there another question? What? Nah. Nah. <laughs> That's your time. But you got four out of the six. That's so, bad. <laughs> That's good. That's mi- minus two. So the Canadian recording artist was Celine Dion. Oh. Oh. And the one who wrote pop um songs for Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Britney Spears, it was Kesha. Kesha? <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, yeah I know. <sighs> All right, I I'm going to take this. I'm going to have to take this cool 66%, I guess. Not too happy about it. It's the 66% for me. The I got really excited with that Kelly Clarkson one. I was like, all right, we're getting into my lane here. Let's go. Yeah, I was totally confused on that one. I was like, um, I'm not an American Idol watcher, so don't Well, I just, yeah, country music, Kelly Clarkson. She also has a talk show now. She's bomb. Anyway, Madison, you're rapid fire. It's killer. It's killer. <laughs> you do a good job at it, too. Right. Well, thank y'all for joining us on another episode. Anything y'all want to say as we close out? I hope you enjoy the rest of the episodes. They have a lot of stuff coming up. It's great. I'm excited for y'all to see it. Yes, and I just want to thank you guys for listening to us. And I hope that, you know, some of the things that we've shared with you guys are helpful and insightful. And if it's not, or if anything I said, you know, rubbed you the wrong way, don't listen to it. But I'm glad that you guys want to be leaders and want to be better. Put that on shirt. Don't listen to it. Yep. <laughs> Mustang moments March coming soon. Coming soon. But that's all for the episode today. And always remember, once a Mustang, always a Mustang. And we out. <laughs>